Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Life After the Batch. I'm your host, Chuck Fry. Appreciate you stopping in, spending time with me today. Today's show is going to be a little different, and I'm going to add a new feature uh, to see if uh, everybody likes it. I'm going to uh, have a piece on here about police officers that have passed away during uh, the dates of this week. So every week I'll pick out a, uh, well, probably two officers and do remembrance of officers that were killed in the line of duty. Before I get to that, though, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to uh, Jason Gillespie and Craig Stone. They are uh, two retired Iowa police officers. They both worked for the Davenport Police Department. They were academy classmates, and they are both PTSD survivors. They started the Broken Badges podcast, and um, I was a guest on their show this week. So get a chance, stop over, and and, uh, give that a listen also. First officer I'd like to remember today is uh, police officer John L. Summers. He was uh, St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department in Missouri. His end of watch was Thursday, April 5th of 1973. Uh, Officer Summers was shot and killed while chasing a suspect who had been shooting at his wife and setting her house on fire. Officer Summers and other officers uh, responded to the home on Westminster Place. Uh, Officer Summers chased the suspect across the street. Several shots were fired. Suspect was taken into custody by other officers. A short time later, after being unable to locate Officer Summers, it was realized he had never cleared back on duty, and a search was begun for him. He was found uh, in the backyard of a home with a bullet wound, uh, which he bled to death from. So the uh, suspect was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life. He also received a 40-year sentence for arson. Officer Summers was 33 years old. Uh, He had eight years on the job and uh, will not be forgotten. Officer Summers left behind a wife and three sons. Second officer I'd like to remember today is Officer Gordon Joseph Rich. Served with the Columbus Division of Police in Ohio. Officer Rich's end of watch was Saturday, April 5th. 1986. Officer Rich was shot and killed with his own weapon while making a traffic stop. He had placed both of the men in the back of the seat of his cruiser, and one of them was able to gain control of his weapon and shot him. He attempted to call for help on his police radio, but he was unable to do so. Couldn't speak to the dispatcher. Witness to the shooting followed the suspects, and they were later apprehended. 25-year-old shooter was convicted of murder and sentenced him for 33 years to life. He was denied parole in February of 2019, and his next parole hearing will be on February 1st, 2029. Officer Rich had been with the Columbus Division of Police for 23 years, survived by his wife, two children, and two stepchildren. Officer Rich was 45 years old. 
I want to tell you guys a story today. The name of the story is Apple Tree. As lunch was finishing up and a check was being paid, Sam threw a couple crumpled dollar bills from his uniform shirt pocket onto the table, and he glanced over the table to see his trainee, Brian, doing the same thing. Still learning the ropes and the untaught nuances of police work, he still kept his pocket money in his trousers, making it much harder to retrieve the bills than the ones kept in the shirt pocket. This is due to the fact that he hadn't quite gotten used to wearing that stiff, thick gun belt around his waist. As they left the diner, entered the squad car, they received a call regarding a disabled car in the roadway at one of the intersections in a remote area of the northern end of the county. The location of the call was in a very rural area made up predominantly of apple orchards and migrant camps. As they responded to the call, there's plenty of time for Brian to look out the window and to admire the acres of apple orchards throughout the rolling hills of Adams County, Pennsylvania. Brian noticed the maturity levels of the plants would vary as they traveled the miles through the seemingly endless rows of well-manicured apple trees. Being new to Adams County, he asked Sam about the uh, various ages of the trees, and the vet explained to him that they would cut down the older apple trees when they got too big and thorny to efficiently harvest the apples. The land would then be plowed and planted with new trees, and this crop rotation was never-ending, creating a patchwork of different uh, levels of trees blanketing the fields of southern Susquehanna Valley. As the officers came close to the scene, they noticed a four-way intersection with a stop sign at each approach. There was no traffic at the intersection, nor any approaching from any direction as far as they could see. Located about two car lengths prior to the stop sign facing north, they noticed the reported stop vehicle sitting in the middle of the road. Sam positioned the cruiser about two car lengths behind the stop vehicle and activated the emergency lights on the police car. This was to serve as a warning to oncoming or approaching traffic and uh, provided the officers a safe approach and reactional distance behind the stop vehicle. They called out on scene and exited the vehicle. Something looks off, Sam told his trainee. Hope to heighten his awareness, slow his approach to the vehicle. The vehicle was a newer model, appeared to be in very good shape, even glistening in the sun on this beautiful spring day. Hazard lights were not activated on the vehicle, and the driver's door was wide open. There appeared to be no occupants of the car, and Brian cautiously approached the passenger side of the vehicle, apparently heeding the advice of his coach. Sam, who had just finished calling in the plate, was walking towards the driver's side of the vehicle. When Brian let him know that the vehicle was indeed empty and the engine was running. Looking to his left, approximately 25 yards from the vehicle, standing at the edge of an orchard, was a man who appeared to be in his 40s, dressed neatly in a pair of cargo pants and a polo-style shirt tucked in. Although not bloused, Sam noticed that the man was wearing tactical-style boots, appeared to have a decent shine on them. 
man was standing, feet shoulder width apart, hands at his sides, and in his left hand, Sam noticed a ball cap hanging from his fingertips, apparently just being seconds from dropping to the ground. Sam walked towards the man, and Brian met him on the way. Dumb place to stop or take a leak, Brian stated. Sam kept watching the man, who just stared at a large, very old apple tree at the edge of the orchard. Sir, Sam called out. There was no response, no change in his stare or gaze. Sir, are you okay? Still no change in the gaze or stance. Brian started to approach the man and had his hand on his weapon. Hold up, Sam said. As Sam slowly approached the man, he circled widely so he was able to see the man's face. His gaze was still seemed to be locked onto that large thorny apple tree. His eyes were watering and didn't seem to blink. His mouth was slightly open and the corner of his mouth was wet with saliva. As Brian slowly approached from behind Sam, he looked at the orchard, trying to figure out what the man was staring at. He remembered the conversation he had with his coach on the way up to the scene and thought about how old and unkept these particular trees looked. As they approached the man, he continued to engage the man with no response. Finally, as Sam came within reach, he cautiously reached out and touched the man on his left arm. The man jerked slightly, but not aggressively, though he was being woke from a nap. The man turned and looked at Sam, then wiped the tears from his eyes and the drool from his lips and composed himself. Sam identified himself and asked if the man who identified himself as Jeff needed any help. Jeff shook his head no, and the only thing he said was these old trees shouldn't fucking be here. Sam gave Jeff's license to Brian and told him to take it back to the car and run his ID. As Brian sat in the cruiser, running information, he noticed that Jeff's gaze had shifted towards his feet as Sam continued to talk to him. Brian also noticed that Jeff was now involved in the conversation. Brian exited the car, and as he approached, Sam held his hand up to stop him and raised four fingers indicating that everything was code for or everything was okay. Brian watched from a distance as Sam shook Jeff's hand while gently patting Jeff on his right shoulder with his left hand. As Jeff continued to compose himself, Sam reached into his shirt pocket and pulled out a business card, then wrote something on it and handed it to Jeff. They spoke for a few minutes more, and Jeff shook his hand again. Jeff walked to the car and drove away. Sam returned to the car, and he and Brian called back in service, closing the call as an assist motorist. They drove back south towards Gettysburg. Nothing was said for a while. They stopped for coffee, and Brian asked what happened. Jeff was a retired police officer. He worked in the northern Franklin County area, one county over from Adams County. He retired with 20 years on the job, and... To supplement his pension, he now works for an insurance company. Towards the end of his career, Jeff responded to a motor vehicle accident where a young girl was driving a convertible at a very high rate of speed and lost control. Her vehicle left the side of the roadway and started to flip, 
in the air after striking a ditch. The girl was ejected and her body landed in a large thorny apple tree at the edge of an abandoned orchard. Just like the one at the intersection. As the vehicle was flipping at some point during the ejection, she was decapitated. Her headless body landed in the spiny branches of the old tree and came to rest in a very macabre, disturbing position. Jeff was the first on the scene and investigated the crash. Today, when Jeff stopped behind another vehicle at that intersection, he looked over and saw that big apple tree. He told Sam that seeing that tree was the last thing he remembered until Sam tapped him on the shoulder. This is one of the hundreds of things that Jeff saw in his career that no one should ever see. Call it freezing up, call it a flashback, call it what you want. This is one of the horrible manifestations of PTSD. Sam gave Jeff his business card and his private number written on the back. Sam's not a counselor. He's not a psychologist. Sam's someone who will listen. Free of judgment, will understand exactly what Jeff is going through. Unfortunately, it's inevitable that in a few years, Brian will join that group also. A police officer with 20 years service has seen about 700 legitimate critical incidents. Regular folks in the same amount of time have seen maybe two. The story was based on actual events. Names were changed, locations were changed uh, for privacy of the officers and the victims. But I tell this story, and I'm going to follow it up with some statistics that uh, are hard to believe. Suicide rate among police officers is 54% higher than the public. Life expectancy of a police officer is 12 years shorter than any other occupation. 85 officers have been shot so far this year. Ambush attacks are up 100% since the year 2020. In 2023, so far, there have been 25 line-of-duty deaths, and there have been 27 officer suicides. Making statements and uh, making a point over and over can become repetitive and maybe even boring to some people. But there are some things that just need to be repeated, and this is one of them. If you're still on the job or if you are retired and you are going through symptoms of the nightmares and the, and the uh, flashbacks and sleep deprivation, talk to somebody. I'm not telling you you have to go to a psychiatrist or go to a psychologist. If you're on the job, you don't even have to tell anybody that you work with, but you have to tell somebody. You have to release that to somebody and get some kind of help for it. It's a horrible, horrible nightmare of a condition. And because that's exactly what it is, it's a nightmare. I was lucky enough to get treated for it very effectively. And I can tell you there are so many treatments out there now, newer treatments, um, along with counseling. This is very curable. This can be taken care of. But you have to make that step. You have to talk to somebody about it. Please.
if if there's nobody that you trust long, you know, or too close to your employment or too close to your family that you don't want to talk to them, reach out to myself or a police officer from another uh, jurisdiction uh, or a retiree or anybody and tell them your story. Tell them what you're going through. And uh, believe me, it's well worth it. When I started this podcast, I did so to address um, all kinds of issues that uh, retired first responders face. And I will continue to do that. And I'm going to continue to tell stories and talk about different topics and current events. But um, I didn't intend this to be just a PTSD uh, podcast. But it's an important enough message that this isn't the last time you're going to hear about it on here. And I'm, I will keep... I will keep reaching out to people who need uh, contact. And um, if you don't want to talk to me or you don't want to talk to somebody you know, there are so many websites. Just you know, do a Google search and, and find, find a, a support group that makes you comfortable and contact them. If they don't, change to another one. But you got to do something. My email is after the badge podcast at gmail.com. Um, the website is life after the badge dot buzzsprout.com. And, uh, that basically is a player to play my podcast. If you can't find them on your, uh, directories. And it's also has all the contents or I'm sorry, all the contacts to, um, my social media. I'm always looking for feedback. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you like, what you don't like about this podcast. Uh, let me know what you think about the idea of the um, memorial section, because I'm going to do it every week. Thanks for listening. I hope you keep doing so. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep your head on a swivel, and always watch the hands. Mm-hmm.